zero to $2,500, the financial cost of adopting each child through the foster care system. I'm your host, Marcy Bursack, and I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission to find more forever families. In fact, one for each child waiting in the foster care system. After blogging my journey, adopting a pair of siblings, I realized that I knew countless people who had a desire to adopt, but believed it was too expensive. So I wrote a book for adults, The Forgotten Adoption Option. I wrote a book for children, Are You a Forever Family? And I started this podcast. I am so delighted that you are tuning in. In season two, I'm dropping monthly episodes to teach you how to adopt those U.S. children who are waiting for you in the foster care system. You might also enjoy the personal stories of adoptive parents and adopted children that I featured in season one. Now, whether right now feels like the right time, the process feels overwhelming, or someone quickly comes to mind to share this with, I am here for you. I am America's foster care adoption mentor, and I'm eager to help you fulfill a child's dream of having their forever family. Welcome to the Forgotten Adoption Option podcast. In this episode, you're going to learn how to share your family's foster care adoption story. I'm joined today by adoptive dad, Ansel Lee. Hi, Ansel. Hey, Marcy. How are you? So excited to be able to like expand upon our prior conversations and all of the beautiful things you're doing online. Ansel and I, and on the brink of Mother's Day weekend, he wrote a post about his family's foster care adoption story. And I had several different friends that were messaged me and sent me a link and wanted to make sure that I got to read his heartfelt post. And I was awestruck and I noticed, and Ansel was just updating me on the numbers. His post has received almost 100,000 interactions and almost 8 million views. And to me, it was very apparent that Ansel had unlocked this simple yet powerful way to invite others to consider adopting through foster care. So I'm excited for him to be able to share more about his family's story. And so Ansel, before we get started kind of on how to translate your foster care adoption story into really a social media post, let's start off by helping listeners kind of hear a snapshot of your family. So you're married, you have a total of six children. So how old are your children today? You know, I, and again, thank you, Marcy, for having me on here. And I I really appreciate you asking me this question before we got on here, because I struggle uh, with, with all the kids and how old they are and their birthdays. So, um, so (laughs) a small thing, big deal, by the way, uh, to my children. Uh, um, I know their birthdays, I just don't remember the years they were born. Anyway, that's uh, just my, (laughs) my, my my brain problem. Um, no, I have uh, actually have uh, with Natalie. We have five daughters and one son. And uh, the oldest uh, being Amber, she's thirty six. Um, and then Kelsey, who's thirty, um, and she's a school teacher. Um, Amber is an artist, by the way. She she actually makes uh, jewelry for uh, porcelain jewelry for. Um, Oh, um, Magnolia Market, <laughs> if you're familiar with the, uh, the, the Joanna Gaines and um, their uh, Magnolia Market down in Waco, Texas. How cool. Uh, as well as, yeah, yeah she's, she is a ceramicist. Um, 
Allison is 28. Um, uh, she is a hairstylist, by the way. Just this is probably more information you wanted to know. <laughs> I think it really uh, helps paint a picture. Our listeners are like, now I know who your neighbors are. This is great. Like now they, you feel very, very like <laughs> local. You know, it's great. Well, uh, 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 Ansel Four is um, a, a finance guy. He actually works with me uh, inside our firm. Uh, Kendra um, recently married and as uh, uh, actually just graduating from. Uh, uh, from Arkansas State. Uh, actually, her husband Bennett is in the national, just FY, uh, national um, track finals uh, up in Oregon. Uh, wow! At the end of this week, by the way, he's a steeplechase guy. Wow! Uh, and then Natalie's, and then that, yeah, and very, very proud of him. Um, although this is not about him, <laughs> but <laughs> little plug for Bennett. Uh, so, um, and. Um, and then Natalie, uh, our 17-year-old. So amazing. So it's that, interesting. Oh, oh, by the way. Yeah. By the way, I have have three grandsons who, oh. who are fabulous. Um, Jason, that's four. Uh, Max, who's almost two. And then um, uh, Peter, who is four, uh, no, six, uh, almost six months old. So we've got three grandsons, So which is just wonderful, by the way. The love you can give. Yeah, my, my, my mom just took care of my kids and got to do all that. Beautiful grandparenting, like special things, which is which is absolutely wonderful. And it's interesting because one of the things that I think is fun about your story and some of my prior podcast guests, you'll notice, listeners, that you know Ansel has a wide range of ages of kids. And so you and your wife, you had, what, five biological children, right? That's correct. And then, so you really, you probably thought you were finished expanding your family size before you ever thought about adoption. So what made you open to having a sixth child through adoption? You know, it, it was not really ever a consideration. <laughs> and I kind of said that in that post is, um, is that, you know, I'm, I'm like, hey, you know, we Matter of fact, you know, there for a, just a glimmer, a period of time, I could see everyone, you know, this becoming an empty nest kind of situation. And I was like, oh, man, look, I just just for a moment, I just had this glimmer of I could see it. And um, but and kind of backtrack, we 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 started um, providing a. Um, what's called extended family we became an extended family after actually attending a like a dinner i, I sat on the board of uh trustees for um for this uh, children's home called soaring wings and we were having a, a dinner one night in one of the cottages all the board members we just were there and you know and i've been on the board for m multiple years and for some reason i somehow missed hearing this but at that night it hit me just both actually my wife was there leslie was there with me and we were and they talked about this extended family program and uh as they talked about it it was really for only one weekend out of out of the month and then maybe one week at christmas and one week in the summer and uh so I actually I, I, I was like wow I, yeah, I, I, at sitting in the in the the dinner, I was thinking, oh, you know, I bet we could do that. So we got in the car, driving home, 
And I'm and so I started talking to her about that. I said, you know, I think we, we've got all these empty bedrooms. You know, we could host somebody, um, host a child in our home as an extended family. And uh, so we we applied and got approved to to be an extended family. And that's kind of how it all started. We really we we really never. Um, thought we were going to be adopting uh, anybody. Uh, we, we just kind of want to do the extended family thing. And because, and one of the reasons we did that is I, I felt like <laughs> in this in this world today is such a me, it's, you know, I mean, it's, it, it's such a me, me, me world with our, with our iPhones. And, and I wanted my children to understand that it's not about them. That you know that I wanted my I wanted my kids to see um, and experience and be a part of you know loving on somebody um, and that had um, really whose life was really broken and um, so that's kind of how we started we just we just became an extended family and never never thought about <laughs> fostering or adoption. Um, but that's just how we started. Because you thought it was just like a once a month thing. And it sounds like you saw benefit for your children. So Ansel, if we like were in the car with you and your wife, who brought this up? And like, really, what was that conversation like mutually agreeable? Or was there some like, yeah, I I, I think so. I, I mean, I, I brought it up. And but we both were on the same page. It, you know, it was like, I think we both heard the same thing. And we both felt the same thing coming out of that is that, you know, we, uh, you know, I, and I will say for years um, before that, you know, for oh, maybe 20 some odd years before that, we've been sponsoring children either, you know, just through financially and or getting involved, you know, when we sponsor a child, we would go have lunch or take them to Walmart and let them buy a toy or, you know, just to go see them down at a children's home. You know, we never, Whenever and, and that was kind of with that that group of children's homes, which actually sat on the board there too. Eventually, that you know they were distant, you know they were not close. This this home, this, the Soaring Wings home, was close, uh, within 30 minutes of us, so we could actually you know get there and back um, easily, and so the proximity really helped us you know do that locality interesting okay so your youngest daughter is the one you adopted through foster care so how did you all meet well you know when we said we wanted to be an extended family you know they just it's interesting the words they use i kind of go back and think about this because they just assign you uh, and, and really, and it, you know, being extended family is like giving respite care. You know, mm-hmm. if, if you're familiar with respite care, that you know, you're giving really the the house parents a rest by taking these children once a month and just giving them the weekend off. And um, and we're you know, our place, you know, like I, I even explained in the post, was really just a place to hang out. You know, it was not a it's low stress. I mean, it's all about eating pizza, um, watching TV, uh, watching movies, you know, doing fun things, um, 
you know, just letting them and, and consequently, my one of my daughters was playing soccer at the time. So we just I felt I felt a little a little bad. But, you know, any child of ours, we, we just kind of drag them with us wherever we go, you know, to a soccer practice or a soccer game or, you know, and um, and she would happily go with us. So um, that, that was a, that was pretty cool. She just became one of us. Cause she, yeah, you really were her extended family. So was she like the only child they matched you with? Like how, were you committed to her monthly or were you helping multiple kids monthly? No, uh, we were just, um, with the extended family, we were, we were assigned, they, they assigned us to her and, um, you know, being the extended family, <coughs> excuse me, um, they, you know, of course, they had to come, you know, we had to go through a, you know, the application process. We had to, you know, have background checks and DHS actually had to come to the house and do a tour um, to do that. And, and matter of fact, we had to put up a, an extra smoke alarm, um, which was like, they have some rule, but like 10 feet from their, their uh, bedroom, they had to have a smoke alarm, which is no big deal. Um, so... Uh, you know, we went through the process to be a, a um, extended family just for her. And um, so we really never, I mean, really, she was the only one we'd ever had been an extended family for. That's neat. Because you, you had mentioned that it's similar to respite. Um, and for listeners that maybe don't know that part. So depending upon your state, there's different, like a different process on how to get started. I know in Missouri, it's online. It's a couple hours. It's pretty simple. But to Ansel's point, I had to, before we could even have children in our home, I know my husband and I had to add like an extra fire extinguisher. Like there had to be one per floor. So we had things like that too. Um, But I think one difference it sounds like between extended family and respite is, and for respite, you can kind of, you could be a family's kind of respite provider, but you can also be a respite, you know, you're not exactly assigned just to one. It's not a one-to-one. So it's neat that you all were given that opportunity to really pour into her deeply and, and so at one point, you, you had shared that you got news that she was actually going to go back into the foster care system. And you and your wife felt like you both wanted to help. So you became foster parents in order to give her a place to stay until things were sorted out, which is incredible. Already, like, did you already go through the training to get licensed? Or did you have to go through that entire process in order to help her? <laughs> That's a, that's a really great question because we, when she, you know, when she really had gone through that process and had actually the, uh, and, and had, she had gone out and then she was trying to come back into the children's home and they didn't have a place for her. Um, you know, she was like, you know, she was kind of stranded um and she was in a shelter she was in a shelter um up in up in northwest arkansas and and which they held her there for about 45 days uh and so and, and we would go back and forth and see her actually this happened during the holidays um it, it made it even worse um so, but they, they get only, they will only hold her there for, for 45 days and then they have to do something with her. So they were trying, DHS was trying to work something out. And, um, and really she said, I want to come live with you. <laughs> and, 
And then we're like, oh, oh okay. Um, so we really had to, we really kind of had to huddle up at that point. And, you know, um, and hey, we, we wanted her. I mean, we, we, we wanted her to be here. And, um, and, and what, what you, since we were like this extended family, we had this relationship with her already. We, we became what is called fictive kin. Um, and fictive kin could be like a coach or somebody, you know, um, um, but fictive kin, you can allow someone to go back and live with you, take them in as a provisional. We became a provisional foster home. And, and being a provisional foster home, uh, we had six months to get certified as a, you know, certified foster home. Um, so we, you know, quickly had to go through, you know, all the training uh, to be a foster home had to go through multiple home studies, you know, um, go through FBI background checks and all that kind of jazz. Um, so to be a foster home is, I mean, it's no small deal. Um, and, um, and we'll talk about this later. That's why I tell people they should start small, you know, do mm -hmm. something small because, you know, being a foster home or, a, you know, uh, is a, it's a big deal. And, yeah. um, to get certified to do that. Now, all those week <laughs> and their weekends of like education, which, you know, I'm, I'm dying, you know, in these, these, but you know what, it was one, it was good. Um, it, it was very painful <laughs> to have to sit through all those uh, weekends of training. Um, but uh, hey, we also met others who were on the same journey, which they were just incredible stories of foster care and what they were doing of, of um, you know people on the on the way to adopt you know they were uh, you know a couple couples that were on the way to adoption grandparents they're having to raise their children their grand their grandchildren as their children um, it, it was just I mean there were a room full of folks we got to know it was just incredible to hear their stories wow okay so I feel like listeners are probably going to wonder kind of three things like when she was back in this shelter you know? for forty five days how how old was she. Was she like teenager, right. like early yeah, teens? You know, I know years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, as as funny as it, it you know, is it all works out kind of funny. Um, if I mean to me, in that you know, here she was, she right as she came to us, she was twelve, mm -hmm. and so just shortly thereafter, she turned thirteen. <laughs> and uh, wow. So you know. So I, and I've just gotten through, you know, all my teenage daughters are now twenties and in their careers. And so I was, it was just funny that we get her at, at that time. And right. Um, like I made it through, but here we go again. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, Oh, here we go again. Well, you know, we've, we've seen this movie before. <laughs> so, um, so we were, you know, we were somewhat prepared <laughs> Yeah, for that. Um, so, and then the other thing they're probably wondering, so the way you described it, so it sounded like she was living with you, but you were in the process of officially getting licensed. Is that how it happened? Yeah, you get some sort of, you know, some sort of uh, designation as a provisional foster home um, when you're when they're in a situation like that. Um, so 
I mean, it's really, really, we were a foster home, but I mean, we were called provisional foster home um, and met all the, you know, the qualifications to do that. So, um, but, you know, but when we turned the corner and became, you know, the certified foster home, really nothing really changed. Um, you know, again, we just had multiple visits and, and lots of paperwork and, and, um, it's a very slow process, by the way. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, it, it seems like process. it was, a, it was very that. slow. Yeah, I know. Um, so you just kind of be, you, you got to be prepared that it's, it's going to be that way. But the, the people were nice. DHS was nice enough. They were doing their jobs and they were trying to make it all work. And, you know, just, you know, it's just, there are a lot of, a lot of people involved. Yeah, I'm glad you give that caution. So the final thing, because I want to touch back, you'd said that sitting through the trainings was kind of painful. So I think listeners are kind of wondering, okay, Ansel, was it the content that was heavy? Was it just that it was like a lot of hours <laughs> and you're like, it's the weekend? You know, what what was it that was kind of a heavy lift for you in that story? Oh, you know, I think it's more me than anybody. You know, it's just time and having to sit still for hours and um, pay attention. It's <laughs> 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 probably... Probably my ADD, you know, uh, that's in there somewhere. But, um, but you know, we also had to be CPR certified and all that kind of jazz, you know. But I, I actually, my wife and I are. She's a cheer coach. At the time, I was a high school soccer coach. I did that as a volunteer, and so I had to have all that designation anyway. Although none of that counted, so I had to do it all over again for lovely for them. Yeah, but oh, but it wasn't a big deal. It just again, it just took time. Right, right. That, that's that's helpful to point out because I think that gives listeners a very uh, clear reality of okay, it's slow and it does take your time. And then there's the emotional investment too. And you had shared online in the post that it, it, initially your daughter didn't like her hair to be brushed, and she didn't like to be hugged. And some I know that are considering adoption through foster care. They're concerned, like what behaviors. Am I going to be able to encounter? Can I handle those behaviors? I'm curious what encouragement or insight you might have for people who might be kind of afraid of the behaviors of children in foster care that they might encounter. Well, um, you know, I, I, I guess I hadn't anticipated that. Um, you know, I told as I told my kids when when I said, "Look, we're the, these this." whoever this little girl is and, you know, whoever we get assigned to and we told her we're going to do this. <clears throat> I said, these kids are broken. You know, they're, they've gone through this, they've gone through a process and we just are, are here just to love on them. Um, you know, and that's one of the great truths that my wife keeps, you know, reminds me that, you know, we're here to love them, not fix them. Um, and that, you know, you uh, you just get to know your 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 you know your kiddo, and you know as time and 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 time you, <laughs> we talk about time. Time is really your friend when it comes to getting to know and 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 for some of this, how can I say this? Uh, you know, the, the things they've gone through, the, the distrust um, of, of adults or whatever, you know, whatever um, 
disorder they may be going through um, from abuse or neglect that, you know, a lot of that goes away. Um, and I, I will also say that we've kept her in, you know, we, you know, smartly, I think, kept, you know, we kept her in counseling and uh, along the way. And uh, actually, we've gone through, we've actually gone in ourselves, you know, when we've, when we've hit something along the way that I felt like we need to address as a couple, uh, you know, we've gone in. Um, so, you know, it's, um, you know, but it, it's, uh, what I can say is that, you know, I, I wouldn't, that, that wouldn't scare me off. And that, that doesn't, that doesn't scare me off from, you know, um, providing a home and, and love and uh, nurturing, you know, uh, a child. Um, and um, I think you've got enough, you know, partners in this with counselors and, and others that, and, you know, we also, you know, you, she's also brought into the, the you know, our family, which is, we, I have a large family with both my wife's and my parents are still alive. And so she's got grandparents and they love her and they love on her. And, and, uh, you know, sometimes if I look up and miss her, she may be over at their house, you know? And, and so that's a whole nother, you know, dynamic. I mean, she loves her siblings and they love her. And, and, um, so it, it's just, um, you know, it, it just takes all of us, you know, to, to do, it's not just me and my wife, it's really the whole family. And, um, so, so yeah. Yeah. And that's, a, um, I think you point out such a great, important factor too, that these, these partners, right. And the partners are therapists and the partners might be psychiatrists, right. The partners might be other yep. people that have a great skill and went to school because they want to help kids in this space. And I love that you and your wife have even taken that step when needed. My husband, and I've done similar things as our kids, you know, in and out go to counseling. We, we have as well for our own needs. And I think that's wonderful because that really helps our families thrive, right. When we can just address things that we need and get the help that we need. I'm going to pivot just a little bit because you shared that after about a year when you were her foster parents, your daughter told you, I want you to adopt me. And your reaction really stuck out to me because you said it was both emotional and rational, excuse me. But what you said is you were both surprised and logical. You asked her to write a paper telling you why. So like you didn't really answer her, but you just said, explain more. Can you tell us a little bit about what she wrote? You know, it, it's um, <laughs> it's interesting during this whole ginormous uh, post that I never thought would get, you know, 10,000 views. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, that is one of the questions I get most of all that people go that people ask me what was in that letter. Interesting. What was in that letter? Isn't that, isn't that something? Um, I really, you know, um, and, uh, you know, and it, it's just kind of interesting. But um, there were a couple reasons I asked her to do that. One is, I, you know, in my world, you know, people, you know, people say things. And unless somebody writes it down, it's not real to me. You know, I, I want to see it in writing. The, the other thing is I, I felt like it would crystallize 
uh, as I said in this post, I felt like if she could put to, she could put her thoughts in writing, you know, that would be something for her, because I think it was it was the process of of um, I, I felt like you know if you can reduce it to writing, you've thought through it and you've processed it and you and really you can hear your heart, and and and, and it really. <laughs> And it's more, and as I've had numerous requests about this, this, uh, this paper, it's not really uh, a, a, it's really a one-page love letter. Is what it is. Mm. It's not really a, you know, it's not really an essay. Or <laughs> I want to be clear about that. Everybody thinks, oh, how cruel you made. Actually, somebody did jump on me. You made a write a write a paper. I'm oh like, man. <laughs> you know, I'm like. I was like, well, you know, I, you know, I want, and, and, here, and here's the other practical side of that. It, it, you know, if we have to, um, you know, I didn't know how all this would go either when we started going down the path of adoption. So having a, a physical piece of paper with her thoughts on it is powerful. And um, which we never, which we never have pulled out. Matter of fact, we've never pulled out or, you know, even it, it even referenced it, except for me in this post and everybody asked me about it. <laughs> um, well, it's an interesting, it's a different <laughs> way to do this, right? Just from the, the folks that have filmed my podcast that have adopted teenagers, to me, it, it's a very fair and very loving way to say, okay, I hear you, tell me more, right? And I think sometimes, at least from my perspective, when I write or I journal, like you said, our thoughts are so much more clear, than when we talk, right? That we can really think through the sequence and what we're saying. And so it sounds like that was a very affirming letter. It wasn't, it didn't sound like you guys were on the fence. You more just were like, I want to know why this, this is like, why do you think we're the family for you? Yeah. You know, and, and, and here was, this was my exact question to her. Uh, my question to her was why in the world would you want to be a part of this crazy family? of ours. Huh? I mean, we're all, we're all nuts, you know? And that's when I put it to her. I said, why? I mean, and just tell me. I, and, um, and bottom line to kind of net it all out with, uh, without disclosing her, her, uh, her, her, um, her, her privacy is that, you know, and I was looking at it the other day and I was, and I pulled out a, a quote in there, but she just said, I know you will take care of me. I love that. And, and that, that's a pretty powerful thing. Yeah. Um, um, and I, I, and I, and I think we, uh, and prayerfully, hopefully we have. Hmm. I hear so much in that statement of like, I know that take care of me as you'll provide for my needs, but it's also, I know that I'm safe. I know that I'm part of something that's not going to go away. Right. That you'll be there forever. I just, that's beautiful. Uh -huh. Thank you for sharing that. Well, you bet, you bet. Um, you know, it's it. I I really, you know, as we transitioned her around from moving out to to going and getting her from this this um, this this shelter, one of the things that struck me was everything that her whole world is in a trash bag. You know that they're. She had multiple trash. As a matter of fact, she had more stuff. <laughs> but
but it was all in trash bags. And it's just, you know, and I saw somebody that had written something about these trash bags and, 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 you know, she can throw away all the trash bags. She didn't need trash bags anymore. Mm. Um, that, you know, she didn't have to have to be jerked up and moved somewhere else. So, so she's, uh, she's home. I love that with the family forever, which is so amazing. So, okay. That is so heartfelt. I'm like trying to hold back tears on the other side of the line here, but <laughs> mm, it's so good. So, okay. We have a glimpse of your family's foster care story. I know there's so many more pieces to that journey, but you had shared with me when we talked offline that on Fridays, you, you tend to do like a personal post on LinkedIn. And for those that may not be on LinkedIn, LinkedIn tends to be a more professional, like career driven site. So a lot of people post about growth as a leader and things like that. But Ansel, you share that on Fridays, you try to share something personal. And so I'm curious, how did you like, how did you think about taking this entire journey your family went through and teasing it out into a really short, was it, I mean, I guess it was like a, what, 10 sentences or less. I didn't count, but it, it wasn't long to read. It wasn't paragraphs. How, how did you think through that as people think, okay, I've, I've gone through this journey myself. I could see how sharing that on social media or sharing it publicly anywhere could really be an encouragement to others, but I'm not exactly sure how to do that or what to say, or is it too much? What, what kind of encouragement would you share in, in your own experience? when I wrote this, I really, I really wrote it and then I deleted a lot. And really the way I wrote it was really, and I actually have been coached to write um, in on, especially on LinkedIn uh, with this, this method, but it was interesting because as I was, I was sharing, I've shared with others, it was kind of like, it wrote itself, you know, like any great song. I'm a big, huge band guy i love music and the beatles and chicago and you know you know other other groups that that all the good songs you know basically write themselves and um and, and this thing just wrote itself and i kept every time i would write i would write too much i think that's where people get in trouble they write too much and um and so I kept deleting. And the more I wrote, the the more I, I deleted to where I got it to where it just were really I was hitting the high points of the um, of my story. And and because people will you know will take time and read the high points. And um, and again, never thought I probably never I thought I'd never get ten thousand views of this thing. And when it started really taking off, I just like, wow, I had, I kept telling my wife, you're not going to believe I'm at half a million. I'm actually at a million and it just kept going. And, um, but, but what was so beautiful about this whole thing was, were the comments of the people that either had been adopted and were adults and just thank me, you know, for, for saying that and, or the people that had adopted and, they were just so thankful and, and just, and the people that private messaged me, it was just one of the most encouraging things I've ever experienced my, my whole life. It, it, I mean, with 8 million views, you know, there were just scads. I mean, there are 4,000 comments on this thing. And I, I try to answer all those. That's not even counting the direct messages and emails I got. So it was so powerful. 
It is. And it's, it's, to me, it's incredible on so many levels because I'm a big proponent and I feel the same way about mental illness as I do about talking about our families, foster care adoption stories is that just because we don't hear about it doesn't mean it's not happening. And what you're doing is reminding people about this, this thing that happens on the regular basis, these kids that are there that are waiting that are have potential that, you know, want that family. And I I think it's so, so encouraging. And one of the things that um, I think is interesting about how you're learning through that is you'd mentioned, again, offline, that you're encouraging people to start small. And you kind of said that earlier, too, that, you know, taking the big leap to adoption can feel like a big leap. So as we close Ansel, I wonder, I know you have a new book coming out that in mid-August that kind of talks a bit about this start small. Can you can you give us a little bit of kind of bite size of how, how then can we start in a way that feels manageable and not overwhelming? Yes. Uh, uh, matter of fact, I, I sat down with one of, one of my coaches, um, <clears throat> actually my riding coach, when all this was going on, I said, look, this has happened. What do I do? And he said, hey, just offer some, some free coaching, you know, 30 minute coaching session. Uh, I actually was, I started with 10 at it, it actually expanded up to like 30 uh, awesome. of, of just telling people how to start small. And that's my, that, that's kind of really my mantra is that, you know, we don't all have to go out and try to be foster parents right out, right out of the chute. Um, but there are things that I've done along the way that you could start small and do something. And, you know, whether it, um, you do, you provide, you know, you become an extended family or, you know, go even back up more than that. Maybe you just sponsor a child at a children's home and, and go have lunch with them and, or, you know, get approved and, and, you know, take them, take them out to eat for pizza or shopping or, you know, whatever. Uh, there, there are small things you can do without, you know, without adopting and or fostering. Uh, that I, and that's where I spent the majority of my life until um, until you know it was apparent that we you know we 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 uh, foster and adopt and and I've and I put this down it was just funny how it all kind of played out I, I <laughs> I've been working on this book for a year and uh, and I, I actually started writing a piece of the book about serving others you know uh, to have impact. And, and so this hit, and then I've, I've, you know, put, I've put start small and really about serving others, um, uh, in this book, uh, which is set to come out in mid August and it's called common grounds Two. actually it's my second, I've written the first common grounds, uh, which had to do with actually, actually working out of a coffee shop. You can see it on Amazon, but common grounds Two will be coming out in the middle of, um, uh, in the middle of August, and it will have a, the part of it will be talking about this very thing. Actually, I tell my story in there on how I how I really got started uh, from a chance meeting at a to drive a, a bus to a children's home in in college. Um, so it it um, there are so many things you can do to start small, and that you just don't if you just just take that first step and do it. And that's really kind of been my, one of the reasons I wrote the thing was, was to challenge people to do something good and to help a child. Um, 
and you know, and whatever that looks like. It doesn't have to be adoption, although I'm I'm all for it, and I think it's it's fantastic. Um, but there are, there are small things you can do just to just to get started. I love that because you're right. Like g- getting experience with seeing these kids, helping them, donating something. There's these things we can do because we care. Um, that might not, they might be less scary, right? And they might help us just kind of even explore. Is that something? Should I do something a little bit bigger next time? And or maybe not. Maybe, maybe this is kind of the thing. And and that's just those are that's great advice, Ansel. And I'm so grateful for your openness. Um, and I. As, as an adoptive parent as well, I, I really recognize and respect how you talk about your story while also honoring your daughter and her story, because it is her story, you know, and there's things that are hers to share. And I really respect that. So in case listeners are like, Marcy, you didn't cry. I'm like, well, that's why, because I, I do the same with my kids. There are parts of their story that are not mine. They're for them to share if and when they want to. So, and so this has been really encouraging. I feel like you've given people a lot to think about. Um, and I think you've encouraged us all. And so thank you so, so much for your willingness to step out online and to share and your willingness to come on as a guest and to share a little bit deeper about your LinkedIn post. It's exciting to be able to, to share this in in hopes that someone might, you know, you know, take, you know, get an idea that, Hey, maybe I can do that. And, um, hey, and, and truly, if, if you want to reach out to me, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn um, and, and or um, you, can, you can find me at, at info at ansellee.com, uh, which will go directly uh, to me. So at any rate, if I could help in any way, please, please reach out. I love that. Thanks again, Ansel. Oh, you bet, Marcy. Thank you. As a listener of the Forgotten Adoption Option podcast, you are helping raise awareness about foster care adoption and the 115,000 adoptable children in the United States. By leaving a review, subscribing, sharing, and talking about this podcast, you can help children and sibling groups find their forever family. If you'd like more information on adopting a child or sibling group through the foster care system, please visit my website, ForgottenAdoptionOption.com. There you will find how you can get started and even order a copy of my book for adults, The Forgotten Adoption Option, which will guide you through the entire process. You can also find my book for children of all ages, Are You a Forever Family? My books are available in paperback, audio, and ebook formats, and they might even be available at your local library. I welcome you to reach out to me with questions, comments, and your own adoption story. I would love to hear from you if you're signing up for licensing classes or to hear where you are in the foster care adoption process. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Just search for Marcy Bursack. I really appreciate you tuning in, caring and sharing, because every child deserves a family.